G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. No doubt with the developments around COVID and increasing war against religious freedom and the rise of intolerance of Christianity, there may be many who say, what can ordinary people do to prepare to have a voice? Well, in Western Australia, a public lecture series has been designed to empower people in advocacy and lobbying. Andrea Takaji is a lawyer who has worked in the Attorney-General's office. She's worked with refugees in detention centres around Australia and as a human rights advocate. She lectures at Sheridan College in law and business, and she is joining us now. Andrea, welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Andrea, you've been running some public lectures and let me just ask you flatly up front, are you training Christian activists in what you're doing? I think that every Christian has an inspiration from the Lord not to be political but to engage in politics every day. When we look at his life, uh, he did not want to be the king of this earth in a political sense because he was already king as Lord and Saviour of our lives, Son of God, and he encourages us and invites us to be part of that process as advocates. Interesting, isn't it? As soon as we use the word kingdom, we recognise politics is at play. And so as Christian believers, we want to be able to engage in such a way as we give First of all, all glory to the King of Kings, but to engage in that process because this is what you do out of, I guess, even a heart of love. I mean, love can be a motivator for being involved in the political processes. Yeah, Jesus summed up the law by saying, love the Lord your God, love others as you love yourself. And there was no greater love than him giving up his life. But it was at the cross of Christ that we also saw the tangible justice and righteousness of God met. And so when we look at scriptures and we read about justice, it is always either preceded or followed with the word righteousness. And there's a reason for that. Because we cannot have justice here on earth without pursuing righteousness, first of all, in our own hearts, but righteousness in our community. And I'm really excited about this concept And there's been evidence of this lived out through public policy. Um, One example is my heroes of faith and politics, William Wilberforce. He applied uh, this concept of justice and righteousness through his reformation of manners. And I think it's time that we do the same. I know a lot of listeners will love that terminology you use, righteous justice, because in some sense it's a little bit of a contrast to what a lot of people pursue today called social justice, and oftentimes Mm. that's been hijacked by a very anti-Christian feel. Any thoughts around those words? 
Yeah, absolutely. I have seen many social justice campaigns. I've been involved in human rights advocacy uh, from a Christian legal perspective for over 10 years now. And I think that these social justice movements can actually be harmful when they come from Christians who haven't um, deeply considered these complex matters theologically and they haven't applied them to their own lives, they are, as Jesus called the Pharisees, a sounding gong. They are empty. And this is really dangerous because what we do, what this movement does, is it leads people to an empty well. And Jesus alone is the water of life. You know, he is the bread of life. And so we need to really be careful about how we communicate how to bring justice into the world. It's not that we have the solutions and answers. No strategy of our human fallen minds is sufficient, in fact. But we always need to point people to Christ and to how he was victorious. So when we're talking about justice, I mean, some people and different for everyone, perhaps who's even listening. And there might be some issues going on in local communities that you or I are not aware of. But uh, when there are racial issues or uh, Mm. sexuality issues, gender issues, uh, these are oftentimes the formation of uh, a pursuit of how you get justice for people who have been hurt or people who are genuine victims there. And when we talk about advocacy and lobbying, uh, some will be thinking, well, I leave that to people like Andrea, who's a lawyer. But uh, this is not just for people in suits, is it, Andrea? Uh, ordinary people can be involved. That's why you're looking to train people in advocacy and lobbying. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I've been involved in politics in Canberra for the last 12 years and and um, one of the key components of political lobbying is numbers. So I think it's time that the silent majority actually gave voice to their concerns. You know, the, the political climate is ripe for those who've been silent for way too long on issues that are close to their heart that matter most to them and that they've left to so-called experts. What's happened? We've avoided our righteous voice from these play, public places. And what, what has occurred is it's been plundered back by the Egyptians. And that's not okay. You know, we need to take a righteous stand uh, for people and for, for matters that, you know, are important to us in our community. Uh, when we came as a family, as refugees from a communist country, we didn't have anyone helping us. We were lost trying to find out how to live life, how to learn English, how to find a job. We didn't have an advocate. That's partly one of the reasons why I'm such a passionate advocate because I know what it is um, not to have that partnership. But we can be self-advocates and we can advocate for others or our community. But as Christians, we should all be advocating for righteousness in our community. So discovering a righteous voice. Now, this is interesting. Sometimes when we talk about young people reaching a level of maturity, we'll often use that terminology, won't we? Uh, They've found their voice. You know, they've Mm. got an opinion and now they want that opinion to be heard. Mm -hmm. And so you're helping people to navigate their way to having a voice where you see that there are injustices or the challenging things that might be happening in your local council or your local community. All sorts of stuff can happen locally. It can happen on your state basis or federally as well. But finding your voice, that's the start, isn't it? Look, absolutely. Uh, And it's, you know... (laughs) 
campaigning, lobbying, advocacy, what's what, what's the difference, how do we do these things? These are really important questions to ask and they're actually important to get right and do them well. Um, again, I've been involved in this kind of work for 10 years and, and I'm so willing to help others in their journey in discovering how to campaign, lobby and advocate well because this is about us um, bringing a clear researched, informed, passionate, loving voice uh, to these issues that matter most to us for public good, you know, to influence public policy for righteousness. And the only positive things can come out of this. One of the strategies of rural mobile force was to gather together what he called the Clapham Group. You know, these artists and, and accountants and um, lawyers and, and people from vast, diverse professions got together at his house in Clapham and dreamed up a better society that would abolish slavery. And together they were able to co accomplish this. Together they created uh, social and cultural reform for righteousness because they were Holy Spirit-filled. They were evangelical Christians. You know, history teaches us that it is possible. And in amongst all of this, unity is so important. Andrea, as an academic lawyer, and we're talking about lobbying and advocacy and people in their local community finding a voice, and I'm going to be able to uh, give away that people can connect with you very shortly, but as an academic lawyer, is it just a matter of telling people what their rights are? Because if you're not a lawyer, sometimes you're not sure what it all means about having what sort of rights you ought to have and how to fight for them. So is it yeah. a matter of being informed and knowing how to deal with the situation if you're going to be an advocate or if you're going to be a lobbyist? Yeah, absolutely. There are several levels of uh, legal understanding or um, legislative reform processes that we can engage in. But fundamentally, it's important to understand that all law comes from divine law or natural law. All law comes from God. And remember, Jesus summed up the law. And so within this context, an understanding international legal instruments, federal laws, you know, your local laws uh, that impact your community and the issue uh, that you're passionate most about and framing public policy in, in a way that uh, creates good into the future uh, for this issue. You know, it's a complex process, but the way to navigate it really is to stand firm and remain passionate about ensuring that it's about bringing glory to God through righteous justice. And I think we need not take our eyes off that. At the end of the day, there are always unintended consequences to policymaking. We will never get 100% right. So it is about, um, you know, <laughs> seeking a, a higher wisdom. Well, no doubt there'll be lots of listeners who'll be impressed by the idea of learning how advocacy works, learning how to lobby and be a righteous voice in your local community. And uh, no doubt you'd love to connect with people. And you're in Western Australia, let me say, and uh, you're a legal academic. You work with the mm. Sheridan College in WA. Mm. Uh, the website there, people can connect with you, sheridan.edu.au. You also have a personal website, andreatokaji.com. Now, 
A N D R E A T O K A J I dot com. Uh, some people might have a difficulty remembering the spelling of your name, but Sheridan College or AndreaTakaji dot com. Just great getting your insights. No doubt you've got another online lecture series coming up sometime soon, and I know there'll be people who'll want to join in with those. Andrea, thanks so much for taking some time to share these thoughts with us today on 2020. Thanks so much, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.